morning, church. Let's all stand up and worship this morning. give you glory for all you brought me through and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do I'm moving forward to follow after you and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now. Cause your presence is an open 
an open door So come down, Lord Like never
choose to do it, Lord, because, Lord, you come through time after time, Lord, and for your faithfulness, Lord, we give you thanks. Breathe easy, church. He's in control. Church, this morning, if you're walking into this place, I know all of us, we, we say something all the time from uh, this platform. There's always something going on. We don't understand sometimes, as we say, the pew that's in the pulpits, and you don't understand some of the pain that's on the platform either. But church, you and I have this one thing in common, is our God, and He is the way maker, and He's working on your behalf. So don't lose hope this morning, church. Don't lose hope. We'll sing this truth together. Amen? Sing, you are here. Cause you are here, you're moving in our midst. I worship you, I worship you. Cause you are here, you're working in these places. You are, I worship you, I worship you. Sing it again. So you are here, you are here. You're moving in our midst. Feel his love today. Say, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, you are way made miracle work. Darkness, my come on, sing it. That's right, come on. He's a way maker. Way may sing it.
Lord, you and I are the living testament of his faithfulness, of what we just declared. And this morning, if you need a touch of his hand, if you need a remembrance of his promise, why don't we declare this together this morning, amen? Because he's working on your behalf, church. Come on. We declare his truth and say, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I come on to feel it, you're working. Come on, say, stop working. You never stop. You never stop. Come on, sing it. Even though, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Come on, all together, sing it.
opportunity to stand in your presence, for the opportunity to be able to raise our hands and say, that is who you are. In my life, you are the miracle worker. In my life, you are the promise keeper. And I may not know everything there is to know about you, but I don't need to. I just need to know that you are my God, that you are my way maker. And for that right now in this place, I give you all honor and all glory and all praise. For I am not worthy, and yet you love me. Some of us walk into this place, Heavenly Father, with a heavy burden. And on those heavy burdens, I declare that you are the way maker. I declare that you are the promise keeper. And the light in the darkness in the middle of whatever it is that we are facing, Heavenly Father. For there is no better promise, no better way to turn than to what you have already provided the path that is already before us, Heavenly Father. For so those people that are facing something, I pray wisdom, Heavenly Father, and knowledge and understanding that they may hear your voice, that in the midst of whatever it is that they're going through, Heavenly Father, that they know that there may be something that they need to live through, but you've already made the way. We're in the waiting, Heavenly Father, but you have made the way, and I declare victory over all of those things. And outside of the walls of this building, there is a state of New Mexico that has all kinds of other things going on, Heavenly Father. And I declare your presence and your peace in this state. The same is true, true of this nation, Heavenly Father. All kinds of things that we've seen on the news just this week, Heavenly Father. But we declare that you are good, that your glory is everlasting. And around this world, there are wars and rumors of wars and wars that we thought would be ended in wars that we thought would never get started. But you, Heavenly Father, the God of all time, the creator from the beginning of all time until now and who will continue to all time in the future, you have all of those things in your hands. So if there is anything that we could do about all those things, we lift them up to you. For you are good, you are gracious, your mercy, your love endures for making a way. Thank you for being a promise keeper. Thank you for being our light in the darkness in this place, in this state, and around the world. For those things and so many more, we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Because you know we serve a victorious God, amen? Lord, we thank you for the victory that has come, Lord, with the truth declared. And for that, Lord, we're so grateful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time of worship with my brothers and my sisters. It's in your name I pray.
Amen. Church, one more time, why don't we celebrate what the Lord has done already and what He's going to continue to do. Amen? And why don't we welcome one another in His name? morning, my family. Good morning. Hey, church, we want to welcome you into the house of God. Amen. What a wonderful time of worship we had this morning. And a great reminder that the Lord is always emphasis on always on our side. Amen. Hey, church, we want to welcome you once again. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And it is my joy and my privilege more than anything else to be among you and among his body, among his people, our family here at New Beginnings Church. Hey, um, church, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that uh, summer camp registration is now open. And so, and uh, I also mentioned to you that we were going to be introducing to you some of the, if you will, uh, alumni, some of those young people and some, some of us, not that young anymore, that were a part of camp ever since we were young. Uh, people like um, uh, myself, my wife. Um, I still see Javier as little Javier, just as Pastor Richard probably still sees me as little Michael Romero when I was nine years old, came into this congregation in my little white Guayabera, huh, Pastor? At Southside Church of God in my little blue jeans and my little white Guayabera. My church... Um, Summer camp is, is going to be just an amazing time for our young people. And church, I want to, I want to introduce you to somebody who's been uh, impacted by what you and I pour out of our finances and our support, our prayers more than anything else into our young people when we go to summer camp. Uh, why don't we call out Chris Camarasa? You guys know him all too well. Why don't we welcome him to the platform? Chris this dude always has the style, right? You guys know Chris. Sometimes he's got a mask because he's Mr. Fashion Icon. Whatever, whatever, they're, whatever they're wearing out there on the runway, this is what this guy you'll see the next week. That we go, what was that? Chris is like, oh, dude, this is the business. What are you talking about? Hey, Church, look. Summer camp. Chris started going when he was about 15, 16 years old at summer camp. And um, the most important thing that we, you and I participate in summer camp, um, uh, what we do rather when we're in at summer camp as leaders, we always make a call to ministry. So many of us that went to summer camp are now involved in ministry, right? Um, I've been fortunate enough to stay at home because the Lord called me to ministry and he said, actually, you're going to stay at home. He could have called me to Delaware or Idaho 
or anywhere else, but he said, no, you're staying home. And I said, thank you, Lord. Amen. Right? This is where I belong. I love this, this, this house. And so church, uh, my wife, one of them, Javier, our drummer, Kristen, my daughter, she's our worship leader here and, and a leader in our youth department. And so church, I'm telling you, Chris, one of our homegrown boys here as well, he's had a call to ministry, but we make a call to ministry in every one of the young people's lives when we go out at summer youth camp. Amen? And so ministry, when we make that call to ministry, it's sometimes you're not called to be a pastor because you get called into ministry. You have your own ministry, right? You have your ministry at home. You have your ministry among your inner circle. You have your ministry among your peers, among your co-workers. And so you're saying, no, Lord, I'm going to devote, devout, rather, uh, my life to the call on my life. And that's going to minister to people with the gospel. That's right. And so I remember when Chris, if, I don't know if you remember this, we talked about this last service, so I, I knew I kind of uh, brought, brought it up in your memory. You and David, our former um, youth minister, he's now at our, our Christian college in uh, Oklahoma City. You guys were commissioned. I remember when you guys went to summer camp for the first time, and I don't know if it was right before that or right after that, but you were commissioned as ministers and as missionaries. We commissioned you from as a congregation, as missionaries, to, check this out, Del Norte High School, because that's where they were going. Because, right, the, 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 the work was plenty there. And we made a call to ministry on your life. And both of you are now serving in ministry. Amen. So, Chris, we made that call to ministry at Summer Youth Camp. Amen. Celebrate that. That they've been sensitive to the Lord's voice and the Lord's call. They know his voice. And so, Chris, tell us a little bit about Summer Camp and how that helped shape and mold uh, the man of God that you are today. Yeah. So, a little background story. You know, I actually got baptized when I was 12 years old. I really, really, really wanted to seek the Lord in everything I did, but... You know, unfortunately, at that time, I just didn't have that direction uh, placed in my life. It wasn't until 2016, you know, where we did have summer youth camp that I I attended. And it was something that I'm never going to forget because it's something that's brought me to the place where I'm at now and the place where I am going and the places that we're all going if we follow and obey in the footsteps of the Lord. And so it just was a moment of, you know what? I have a passion, and now it's pointed somewhere. You know, it helped me point it somewhere, especially on that last night where all the kids are crying, and they're just so emotional because God is so good. And so that, it was the moment was like, I want to be more around this. I want the, I want the leading of the Lord to lead and guide my life. And following that was IYC, you know, and that was insane. It was definitely after because that's when me and David met was mainly IYC, and that's, what it, that's how it ended up happening. And so it was just an amazing time. You know, you, you touched on that, and you said uh, the last night, the last night of camp, which is Thursday night, the final night that we're there because we leave on Friday morning, we usually call that cry night, right? We yeah. usually call that cry night because, you know, we make that call. We, we, we build up the entire week, and we say, look, here's why we're here, what we've learned all week. But, man, last year, if you recall, Chris, and those that might have been in the room, we felt the power and the presence of the Lord night one was cry night. Amen. And every night therein 
was cry night That's every right. single night. And so, church, I bring that up because, man, the Lord is moving in a supernatural way here at New Beginnings Church. And you're a part of it. Across the way, the young people in our youth department and NB Kids, the Lord is doing something supernatural. And here's the call. Here's the call that I'm making. I wanted to bring Chris up because if you have a young person in your life, I don't know if you have a niece, if you have a nephew, what if maybe your student, maybe your child, maybe your son, maybe your daughter, grandchild maybe that's living with you, and you're saying, I would love, love for them to experience something like that. Maybe they've never had that challenge in their life. You know, this year we're really focusing on being counterculture. Living the biblical way of living, a biblical, a biblical lifestyle, if you will, Christian worldview, is counterculture these days. And unfortunately, today, living by the standards of what the Bible tells us, Chris, has now become the exception and no longer the rule. It used to be reversed, right? It used to be like, oh my believe they're living like that now they point at you and i going look at those weirdos living like that stop me when i'm lying and so church we're really really focusing this year on being counterculture romans 12 2 tells us do not be conformed to the patterns of this world do not be conformed to the patterns of this world and that's what we're focusing on and we're focusing this year with that along with really honing in on on the fruit of the spirit love patience peace kindness love gentleness self-control and so church look the counter culture counter is right out there and please i don't mean for that to be a punchline every time but i want you don't forget that we are sitting over there and i say that because we're not getting a lot of visitors which is good because you guys are bought in and you're just going, yeah, 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 I'll just do it. But look, if you have more questions and you maybe you want to sponsor one of our young people and you say, well, I don't have anybody to, I don't have anybody to send. Um, cool. Yes, you do. Because there's a room full of young people in there that are going, I can't afford to go this year. Wow. Yeah. I can't afford to go this year. Yeah. There's parents in here that are saying, I wish I could, but I can't. Look, if that's you, come talk to me. And you're saying, but my, my son, my daughter, they, they really need this. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. We're, there's no child left behind. This time for real, though, in this house. Church, please, we believe in the vision and the mission of Jesus, uh, of New Beginnings, rather, which is healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ. And that's why we reach up, we reach in, and we reach out in impacting this world. And so, church, maybe you can't pay an entire uh, sponsorship, but maybe you say, man, I, I got 20 bucks. I'll take it. That's what I'm talking about. I'll take it because that's going to plant a seed in the life of a young person because I'll take it. I got five. You got five bucks. I'll take it because guess what? The Lord will use it in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. Amen. So, church. Invest in lives like this one, like Peepaw and Mima, Mike and Diane Dalton, Lynn Nethery. They invested in my life. The Pastor Eddie Mirabal there, they've known me since I was this high when I first came in at nine years old. Pastor Richard, 
So many in this place, Brother David Gonzalez, who, who's the one that drugged me into youth for the first time, and I've been stuck here since. Is if you are mad that I'm here, blame it on him. Okay? If you're going, I can't stand that dude. Take it up with David Gonzalez. Okay? A church, invest in the life of our young people. Okay? So church, if you want to know how to do that, the ways to give are behind me on the screen or in front of you at home. You can give digitally that way, or you can uh, digitally that way. Or church, you can drop it off, uh, your, your gift to our summer youth program in an envelope and just put summer youth program along with your name. Also, that's the way you can tithe. So if you if you say, man, I want to participate in the life of young people because still nonetheless, we're going to make it happen. And so it, it, it's all going to come out of the same pocket. Amen. So if, if you want to continue to support that cause by your way of the tithe, church, I implore you to do that electronically or if you want to drop it off in an envelope in uh, one of the gifting boxes here at the entryways of the sanctuary church thank you so much for your faithful faithful obedience in the tithe we love you we love you so much and everything you're doing doesn't just impact our young people but young people around the world and for that we say praise the lord and thank you so much we love you church so very much um, turn your attention to the screens
It is almost beyond imagining, but I will live in peace and harmony with my God. And it is no longer true that all hope is lost. Young people, if you didn't go already, the young people are meeting across the hall there. Uh, guys, I just want you to know that uh, there's two prayer requests I want to uh, ask you to join me in right before we start. Uh, some of you do know who David, he mentioned David Gonzalez. He's part of our board and been around for a long time. He's teaching the youth right now. David and Becky have us three sons and one of their, their middle son, Marcos, Marcos and his wife just had a baby uh, two nights ago, and uh, they're celebrating, but the baby was born with a heart murmur, which is a hole in the heart. A lot of people are born with that, and it, they're believing it'll heal up. But she also, she's a little girl named Madeline Gonzalez, and she also has uh, a tricuspid valve is not functioning good, and the tricuspid valve... Uh, opens to let blood into the heart, and then it shuts to keep the blood, you know, flowing the other way. But her little trap valve isn't shutting like it should, so the blood kind of back backflows. So we want to pray that God heal her. Uh, they're believing that she might be able to be healed. My wife had that as an adult, and God healed my wife, and her body healed itself, and we're believing that that's going to happen for little Madeline. And then Pastor Mike is rushing over to the hospital right now, along with his daughter Kristen, because his other daughter, who is the wife of AJ, our guitar player, is in labor right now, giving birth to his first grandbaby. So we're, we're excited for them. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Marcos and Julia and their little baby Madeline, who has a heart issue. God, uh, you are the healer of the broken heart, and I, got, I pray even the physical broken heart. So heal little Madeline. Let the hole completely heal up and the tricuspid valve completely function properly the rest of her life. And, Lord, we thank you. And I pray, Father God, for A.J. and Adrienne as they uh, get ready to bring in their new baby into the world. I pray she has a good pregnancy, a good delivery with as little pain as possible. And God, I just pray that it's a beautiful, healthy little baby and that Adrian will be healthy as well. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Thank you, guys. Guys, so last night, um, I, I had a long day yesterday. I had a wedding and a funeral and a, other events that I had to take care of. And when I finally got home last night, I had, uh, uh, we, I got home and my wife was there and I go, babe, I, I, I've got dinner on the table. Come and join me. And, and right when she walked into the dining room, boom, all the lights go out in the house. But we're talking like out, not, not even like nothing, nothing on. And I'm like, she goes, is everything okay? I go, yeah. I go, P&M probably, you know, they, they have some problem someplace. She goes, we did pay our light bill, didn't we? And I'm like, uh. I hope so. <laughs> you know, I go, yeah, babe. I go, with this kind of outage, this is an outage, you could tell. And so she looks out the kitchen window, 
and the lights across the street from our house are all on, all the houses, okay, they have their lights on. And I go, Cindy, if you remember, their grid is on a different grid from ours because that's happened before. So I said, our lights are out, and, uh, and I guarantee the neighbor. But meanwhile, she's already on the phone checking to make sure. And she's calling the neighbor, and she goes, yeah, my lights are out, and my lights are out. And, and it's really weird because from this house over, all of our lights are out, that house over. That way, they were all on. And I go, man, I go, and she goes, how did that happen? I go, it's because they're tapped into a different grid. Their power grid is still flowing. Our power grid, we lost connection, baby. And then I went, ooh, that'll preach. That'll preach. Because that's what I want to talk about today is staying connected to your power grid. Staying connected to God. About growing in the Lord. Some of us have quit growing and we need to grow in the Lord. In, look, in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 7, Paul says, you were running, you were, he's, it's past tense. You were running the race so well. Who held you back from following the truth? He's going, what happened? You were doing so well. And think about it. Think about people that you know. 42 years ago, Cindy and I got here and we planted this church. And when we came, there were other pastors. There was a, a pastor in El Paso, and that guy's not in ministry anymore. And there was a pastor in Las Cruces, and he's not in ministry anymore. And there was a, a pastor in Deming, and, and he is in ministry, but he's now in Oklahoma City. And there was a pastor in Farmington, and he's not in, in ministry anymore. And there was a pastor in Clovis, and he's not in ministry anymore. And there was a pastor in Berlin, and he's not in ministry anymore. And, and I'm like, man, because ministry's tough, but some, some aren't serving because they got so burnt out they couldn't do it anymore. They just said, I, I can't, I can't, there's nothing left in me. And others, uh, there was a few moral failure, and, and, and they never went back into ministry. And, and others that just gave up. And then I think, those are the pastors. How about people? People that are all fired up for Jesus. Yeah, I just got saved. Yeah, I'm going to turn the world upside down. And a month later, they sizzle out. A year later, where are they? You see, Christianity is a marathon. You're running a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're in it for the long haul. A marathon is 26.2 miles long. And, and when a marathon starts, have you ever seen when it starts? All the runners are in their real pretty nice running suits and their number is perfect and they look amazing and and but you don't get a gold medal for starting the race you get a gold medal for finishing the race and if you've ever seen the marathon runners at the end of 26.2 miles they look ragged man they're all sweaty and perspiring. Their numbers all ragged. Their clothes is all ghetto and now, and they're running and they're like, "Wow!" But that's okay. They finish the they cross the finish line, and that's how some of us are. We've been at it. We've been at it. You've been through the battle, but keep running. Don't stop. Don't stop. No matter what you're up against, keep running. Don't stop. Because God has great things. Man, in Second John chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Watch out 
that you do not lose what you have worked so hard to achieve. Look how hard you've worked to where you are. Your marriage that you have, don't give it up. Don't throw it in so quickly. Your life, you've come out of the ashes yesterday. I had the privilege of marrying this couple that, man, they've been through the fire. They've, they literally, from homelessness to addiction to losing their children, and God restored everything. Gave them their salvation. They're clean. They're off of drugs. Their children had been taken away. They have all their children back. I was like, that's what God is all about. That's what New Beginnings is all about. We're offering you a platform to change your life. People move away all the time, guys. We know that. But do you understand that there's a lot of people that walk away and it grieves me when they walk away. They walk away and they walk back into the world. And people, the number one question people ask all the time, can a person lose their salvation? It's like, of course not. Where'd my salvation go? I I had it a little while ago. I I don't know what happened. But you know what you can do is forfeit your salvation. You could make a choice to walk away from God. It's called apostasy. You finally just say, you know what, God, chuck it. I don't want this anymore. It's over. It's over. I'm done. And there's a lot of people that do that, and they're ending up going to hell. I do not want you to go to hell. I'm trying and staying focused to make sure I get to heaven, and I want to make sure you're there alongside with me. Amen? So we need to grow. And today we're talking about the growth choice in this series. And in this series, the growth choice is saying, I will reserve a daily time with God for Bible reading, self-examination, prayer, in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. That's powerful. So it's intentional growth. Intentional. You're choosing to make a choice. Look, I was doing a Bible study this week, and I was talking about a a child, and when a baby is born, they measure the head and the length, and they measure all the body, the biceps, triceps, just everything. And, And then three days later, they, you have a follow-up checkup to make sure that the baby's uh, is taking in milk and, and, and sucking, you know, and, and drinking milk and making sure it's not coming back up. And, and then a month later, they check the weight and they see the progress because they want to make sure that you as mom and dad are taking care and intentionally caring for your child because the child just can't care for themselves. They're not just going to grow just because, because if you neglect that child, guess what it's going to do? It's going to die. And they check the growth. We need to check our growth. We need to, growth is intentional. Our spiritual life is intentional. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. You already know these things. Dear friends, Paul says, because you already know this. He goes, so I want to let you know something. Be on guard. 
Be on guard because you already know this. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own sure footing because people come along with the craziest doctrine and that says, you already know this, so, so, so be on guard. Rather, he says, instead, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He goes, I want you to grow in grace and knowledge. All glory to him, both forever. Amen. Father, minister to us. Speak to us. Help us learn today how to grow. Help us learn to take steps to grow. I pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So this is how to grow, how to continue growing. First thing, set a daily time with God. Set a time. Fix a time in your life that you're going to spend with God. Now, some people say, does it have to be in the morning? No. It's when you're going to set your time, but set it so you get in the pattern. Now, the reason a lot of people say in the morning, because that way you clear your head and, 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 and you start your day off fully suited, unarmored, and ready to go. But you know what? Some people function better in the afternoon or at night or whatever. Whenever you function best, but set your time to read, to study, to, to pray, to just spend time with God. Set that time aside. The more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know them. The more you spend time with your spouse, the more you get to know them. And when you disconnect, you end up like we did last night, three hours without power. So, man, we had a nice candlelight roast beef dinner. And I was like, yeah, that turned out cool. Cindy had candles all over the house. I go, I didn't even know we had that many candles. She goes, I'm prepared, Richard. But hear me. Spend more time with a person, you get to know them. So spend more time with God. The more you spend time with them, the better you get to know him. Praying, talking with him. We, don't, we, get, we, we make prayer way too technical. Prayer is just talking. You know how to talk, I hear you. Some of you never shut up. So you know how to talk. So that's what you do with God. You just say, hey, God, it's me. God, it's Richard. Yeah, he goes, I know, Mijito, what's up? And you just start talking to him. You don't have to say, our fathereth which art in heaveneth, thou greatest is thy nameth. You don't have to say it like that. But just talk. But spend more time. Look, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, it says, now, dear brothers, I, I, dear children, remain, remain, remain in fellowship with Christ. So that when he returns, he will find you full of grace and courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Look, you remember the first time you left your kids at home alone? You said, okay, mom and dad, we're going to go out on a date. You guys are old enough to be good. And you better be good. Don't, make, don't break anything. Don't mess anything. Don't play with matches. Be, be good. Don't burn down the house. You know, and, and you leave. Now you come back, and you see the front curtain, and they're like, like cockroaches, man. They're gone. <laughs> and right away, you're like, hey, everybody, where is everybody? And they start shrinking back. They're shrinking back in shame because they know they did what they weren't supposed to do. Am I communicating to anybody? You see, 
He says, stay connected to God so that you won't shrink back when he comes. Like, oh, man, here comes Jesus, and I'm all messed up, and I shouldn't be doing this. And Well, then don't. Stay connected to him because the more you stay away from God, the weaker you get. You could do a whole lot of good things in life without God. Did you know that? But it doesn't last and it doesn't matter. We're not doing it to score points with God. Did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? Yeah, you did it in your power, not in mine. God wants us to tap into his power, and he wants to transform people. He wants us to reach into them so that, you know what? His power reaches into them, and he transforms them. You bless them, but God transformed them. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what he calls us to do. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. So see, the more we stay with God, the further from sin you are. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Because if you really understand who he is and what he's offered you, you wouldn't be messing up all the time. I wouldn't be messing. We would, we would stay focused. But what do we do? If it feels good, do it. And oh my goodness gracious, we're a mess. We fall into sin because we don't spend enough time with God. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. There it is, pray. Pray, 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 pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So the second thing we need to do is fill your mind with Scripture. Fill your mind with Scripture. There's a Scripture in Psalm 119 that says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So we want to take God's word into our heart. You see, the longer I spend with God, the more filled up I am and prepared for anything I mean. Look, when you go without food for a while, you start feeling it, right? Like, I haven't eaten today, and all of a sudden, my stomach kind of goes like, and I'm like, was that my stomach or theirs? And people are, no, that was definitely yours, dude. You know, you, you must be hungry. And now that I'm talking about food, you guys are going, oh, you know what? I am hungry. Where are we going to go after church, man? What are we going to do? Well, and then if you don't eat lunch and you wait till supper, you start getting all crabby. Oh, why are you all grumpy? I haven't eaten all day. I'm hungry and there's nothing to eat in the house and there's nothing worthwhile. And uh, uh, now you can't even think clear because you don't have food, brain food. And, and, and now you're all, what's wrong with dad? He hasn't eaten. What's wrong with mom? She hasn't eaten. What's wrong with the kids? They haven't eaten. No one's eaten. And look at us. We're a mess. It's no different in our spirit. Some of you never cracked the Bible open. And the last time you read a scripture was when you were here last Sunday. So it's like, man, church was amazing. God, it was so good. <sighs> I'm going to fast for a whole week, and then I'll be back next Sunday. You see what I mean? You, you, you weaken your walk with God. You've you got to understand, we, we've got to take it in. Look, A lot of us listen to the radio. 
If you hear a news flash or you hear something on the radio, we usually believe it, right? You see something on television, we usually believe it. You see something on the Internet, it has to be true, it's on the Internet. Or, man, Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok, it has to be true. I saw it on TikTok. I saw it on TikTok. It's true. We're TikToking away. TikToking. It's like, what's wrong with us? We believe all that stuff. Do you believe the Bible is true? Yeah. But how much time do you spend in it? Here the Bible is true and it's going to help your life. And you spend all this time on all this other social media and television and radio and 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 binge-watching stuff on Netflix or whatever platform you have, Hulu, and on and on and on. But you don't spend any time with the Word. In John chapter 1, or James, rather, chapter 1, verse 25, he says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law, he goes, if you look into the Word that, that sets you free, and if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So he says, man, you've taken it in, you've studied it, you, 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 you've heard what he says, you've read it, you heard it, you, and, and, and he blesses you. So in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, he says right there, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, now, this is Jesus talking. He goes, you are truly my disciples. Now, here's the true test of a disciple. If you remain faithful to my teachings, he says, and you will know the truth because you've studied and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So he's saying, get in the word. The word fills our life with healthy thinking. I've said it a bunch of times. We have thinking, stinking thinking. We are like so messed up. It's like, God, I need you to help me clear my thinking. It's, that's why in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, present yourself a living sacrifice. And he goes, I'll change you. I'll give you a new life by the renewing of your mind. He gives us the mind of Christ to see things different. And that's why we need to do that. And that's why we need to focus on your goal. You need to focus on your goal, not on your habit. And there's a real special young lady who's going to come and share from her heart to ours about how God really helped her and she refocused. Would you help me welcome Courtney Benfield? Courtney, what a joy to have you with us today, sis. Lord, I just pray blessing over her as she shares in Christ's name. For those of you watching on home, at, uh, online and here, an amazing story. Good morning. Let's all take a deep breath. The last few weeks, Pastor has been preaching about life's healing choices, and he's not done yet. Maybe you're like me, and you've already identified your sticking point. For me, it's a transformation choice. When pastor said the first part of change is conflict because God uses it to get our attention, I knew that's where I'm stuck. 
This morning, I want to share with you the major conflicts in my life and where God is residing in them now. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the next few minutes when I get to show you working through my hurts, habits, and hamps. I ask for open ears and hearts ready to receive a nugget today so that you may work in the lives of those hearing this message. Amen. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with the effects of bipolar, and I have anger and control issues. But I have victory over alcohol addiction. My name is Courtney. I've spent the better part of my life being angry at God because of health conditions that I didn't cause and can't be cured. The conflict in my life caused by the medical issues greatly played into me being in conflict with God. The first diagnosis came when I was 11. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I spent a lot of time wondering what I did to deserve it and wondering why one of my siblings didn't get it instead of me. The anger grew every time I was told I couldn't have something or do something. I started taking things into my own hands because I was going to get what I wanted or I was going to ignore what I had altogether. In my early 20s, I was living on alcohol and pretending like I didn't have diabetes. It nearly killed me. Alcohol would play a major part of my life as the years progressed. Under my parents' roof, I looked like a functioning human, but it was another story when I was away from the house. I was missing school and work. One night in class, a professor pulled me aside and told me that I needed to get help and that using alcohol to avoid problems wasn't the help I needed. This was the first time I went to a doctor for depression-like symptoms. I told the doctor what had been going on, and he put me on antidepressants, and I was dismissed. I'd go back a couple times because of how the side effects made me feel before completely stopping them altogether. Truthfully, I didn't want to be labeled as a depressed person. During all this time, I was still drinking. I was still fighting my diabetes, and I was still angry at God for every moment of it. This would go on until one day it stopped. It just stopped. I stopped being actively angry at God, and I learned to coexist with my diabetes. I think I got tired of fighting. It was nice. For several years, I lived peacefully with God. I could see his work all around me, in me, and others around me, and it was an enjoyable time. Then the second diagnosis came. I was diagnosed with bipolar. I'd been struggling for some time before that diagnosis, at this time, I was still heavily drinking. A friend pulled me aside after a mental break and said I needed to get help. The second time I've been told to get help, the second time I've had to see a doctor for mental health problems. This time, it was different, though, and yet it wasn't. The doc was working hard to get the meds regulated. I felt they weren't working to the level they should have been. He was working for me, and I was working against him. I was still drinking. Things took a turn for the worse when bouts of suicidal thoughts started. They eat me alive, and they tear me down. There's a couple of times I've come close to killing myself. Crying out and begging God to take the thoughts away wasn't working. I'd even get more angry at him, wondering where he was when he wasn't helping, so mad that he'd show up in the last few minutes before I killed myself like he was playing games with me. I spent a lot of time being angry of God, even when as far as saying I hated him. 
It was a true, deep feeling inside. I'd been struggling with the thoughts of killing myself before starting my journey in Celebrate Recovery. I needed help and told my therapist that I needed more than her. In the back of my head, I was reminded of CR, a program I had dismissed a year prior when I needed to stop drinking. But CR was in my head again. One night, I was talking to my aunt, wondering where God was and why he wasn't taking away the thoughts to kill myself. She said, he is working. It's nothing short of a miracle that you're going to CR. She was right. I'm stubborn and hard-headed and can do everything by myself, and I was full of pride. There was no way I was going to seek help. I was so angry at God to the point of unbelief, and I was no longer attending church. The depression side of bipolar really gets me down, and it's really hard to find God when I'm laid in bed in suicide. The questions run through my head. Where is he? What kind of loving God lets his child fight with thoughts of killing herself? Why doesn't he hear me calling out to him to make them stop? What does he seem, why, why does he seem to only show up when I'm moments from killing myself? On the worst days, I can't answer those questions. But when my mind is clear, the answers are there. He does listen to me. Jeremiah twenty nine twelve. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. He's with me even when I say no way out. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He displayed his love for me even when I questioned what kind of loving God he is. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting lights. It's on those days when I can't remember, when I can't answer the questions that plague me while I'm depressed, that he's placed people in my life that can remind me of the answers, like my CR family. In addition to my family and friends, being in CR has helped me stay sober for two years, get back to talking terms with God, get back in church, and I'm able to see where God is, even if it's not where I want him to be. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Courtney, that is such an amazing story. And I am so glad you're here this morning. Thank you. I'm so glad that you have not been successful in taking your life, that God was there. You know, you're bold to come up here and share that. Thank you. Because I know that there's people watching right now online or people that are in this room that are right where you were. Some have tried to take their life. Some keep playing it over and over. And they don't know if there's a way out. What would you say to that person right now? I'm going to say the stuff that I hate hearing when I'm in the spot. I'm going to say God's not done with you yet. If God was done with you, you would already be gone. And you're not gone. And so don't short circuit what God has to do in your life. Um, as you're having the thoughts or you're on the verge of doing something stupid text somebody or call somebody because your friends care and for as much as they might think you're a pain in their ass they'd rather be there for you 
than have you kill yourself. Amen. Amen. Anyone at home watching online or wherever you might be or anyone in this room, I'm going to use Courtney as a point of contact to pray for her and pray for anyone else that might be having challenging thoughts like that. Father, thank you for Courtney. Lord, you've given her victory over maintaining her diabetes. You've given her victory over alcohol. You've given her victory over the bipolar. You've given her victory, Lord. She's having a normal life. I don't even know what normal is for any of us, but Lord, she's having a normal life, Lord. And Lord, she's battled with suicidal thoughts, just as some are. And I thank God she hasn't been successful. And I thank God other people in this room or online haven't been successful. But God, let them call out for a friend. Let them call out to you. Let them call out and find the hope that there is in the Lord. Let them even start going to celebrate recovery, to find the tools that are available to help them through. Thank you so much for Courtney and her boldness today. I pray blessing over her in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I'm so proud of you, girl. Oh, my gosh. I'm a hugger. I hope you don't mind. (laughs) Man, so... Coming back to what we're saying, if we're going to keep growing in the Lord, focus on your goal, not on your habit. We focus on our habits so many times. Focus on what you want to do, not what you don't want to do. We focus on the not instead of the do. So let's say you want to quit smoking. You go, that's it. Today, I'm going to quit smoking. No more smoking for me, no more smoking. So you wake up in the morning And you used to grab your cigarettes right away. You're saying, I'm not going to grab the cigarettes because there's no cigarettes to grab, and I'm not going to smoke today. And you get up, and you go, man, I usually used to smoke today. I smoke of already two cigarettes, but I haven't smoked any, and I'm not going to smoke today, and I'm going to go to the restroom. I'm going to start taking my shower and get ready. I'm going to have breakfast, and I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. I'm going to go to work. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke at break time. I'm not going to smoke at lunchtime. I'm not going to smoke in the afternoon break. I'm not going to smoke today. I'm not going to smoke. So all day long, what have you been thinking about? Smoking. Smoking. Or whatever else you want to quit. That's all you think about, all you think about, all you think, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do it. Instead, change your shift and shift and think of the things you want to become and the things you want to achieve. So say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, Lord, for what you've accomplished in my life. Thank you, Lord. I mean, look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I am, but I press to possess that perfection by which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So he's going, I, I really want to go towards what I want to achieve. Now verse 13 and 14 says this. Verse 13 says, so no, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it. He goes, but I focus on the one thing, forgetting the past. Forgetting what? The past. And forging forward, looking forward, moving forward, going towards the future. He goes, 
I press on to the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So we got to focus on the right thing. We have to exercise our faith. Let me give you a real quick faith cross stick. The F is for focus. We're focused. We're focused. We're focused. It's a specific thing. I am focused. This is not, I just want to be a better person. No, no, no. This is how I want to be a better person. I want to change these things. I want to achieve these goals. It's very focused. The A is for attainable. I want to reach a goal that's actually attainable. This is a real goal. Not, I'd like to bring the world to peace and the perfect harmony or whatever that song was. It's like, come on, let's get real. Let's, let's deal right here, right now. This is my life. I got to get it together. I can't change anyone else, so I, I, I want attainable goals. And then the I is for individual. This is my goal. Quit making goals for your husband. You cannot change him. Quit making goals for your wife. You cannot change her. Now listen, you cannot change her. Quit making goals for your son or daughter. They have to make the goals. You can help them, but if you make goals for them, they don't achieve them because they didn't have anything to do with it. We cannot change people. And the T stands for trackable goal, a goal that you could actually track. Man, I'm coming along. I'm doing better. I used to be all messed up. Now I'm just a little messed up, and pretty soon I won't be messed up at all. Are, are you with me? Man, you, you have. And then the H is for heartfelt, that it's passion. It's I want this, and I've got to get this. So, so quit focusing on the, 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 the destructive side. Focus on your goals. The fourth thing is face and forsake your failures quickly. Just know, no, no, don't plan, say, well, I'm going to fail. I might as well fail it, but I'll fail anyway. No, but you know what? If you fail and when you fall, get back up right away. Don't stay there and all wallow and then, oh, I messed up and I messed up and, oh, and, and, and it's all your fault. It's all your fault. I, I've been sober for 10 years, and now all of a sudden you made me drink. Nobody makes you drink. You fell into the temptation. You made the decision. They didn't put a gun to your head. You better drink. No. You drank because you chose to take that avenue out for your stress instead of going to the Lord. Look, Proverbs 28:13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if you confess and turn from them, you'll receive mercy. Look what it says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40. Right there it says, Instead, let us test and examine our ways, and let us turn back to the Lord. So he's saying, take a good examination of yourself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31, it says, But if... But, but if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God this way. So man is saying, if you examine yourself, God doesn't have to judge you because you've already judged yourself. In other words, you know what? You and I already know what, where we're at. We know what we're doing. How are you feeling right now? What are you doing right now? How are you doing right now? How have you done this past year? 
examine yourself and get real with yourself and say, man, God, I'm really messing up. Instead of him having to say, you're really messing up. Because if he comes down on you, oh, he'll come down on you. God's not out to sniper you and take you out. But he's, he, he wants to judge you. He's a loving God, but he will not let your sin go unpunished. So examine yourself and say, okay, I, this is what I did. And God says, good, I'm glad you're aware of that. Now change. You see, in, in Psalm 106, I mean 103, verse 3, he says, for he forgives all my sins. How many sins? All, all my sins. And heals all my diseases. He heals all our brokenness, our, our sickness, our everything. So we really need to make sure that we face it, deal with it quickly, and move on. And then you need to, the next thing you need to do if you're going to grow, keep growing, is flee temptation. But don't fear it. Flee it. Flee it means run away. Get away from it. But don't be all freaked out. Oh, I'm being tempted. I'm being tempted. What happened? You're going to be tempted in life. Everyone's tempted. Jesus was tempted, but he didn't sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you yield, you do the temptation. When, when he tempts you with something, like, look, people get really confused about lust and attraction. Attraction is something that, that God has wired us to be attracted to beautiful things, to see it. That's why we look at the beauty in the nature and we go, God, what beautiful mountains we have. Look at the beautiful roses. Look at the beautiful flowers. Look, we're attracted to stuff. And we're attracted to handsome and pretty people. So you go, wow, what a beautiful woman. That's not a sin. You're just acknowledging a beautiful, look at that beautiful, handsome man. Wow, look at that. That's not a sin. But when you go, gosh, she's a beautiful woman. I'd like to take her to bed, and I'd like to, I'd like. Now you crossed the line. Now you messed up. You might say, man, he's a hunk of hunk of burning love. But that's it. Stop right there. Don't say I want to take him to my house and hunk a hunk a hunk. Don't do that. Now you sinned. So it's okay to say, wow, what a beautiful woman. What a handsome man. It's, it's all right, but quit getting all crazy. The closer you get to God, the more Satan's going to tempt you. He's going to mess you up because he doesn't want... Right now, if you're, not walk, if you're not a Christian, Satan doesn't care. You're already in hell. When you accept the Lord, you get out of hell, and he wants you back. So that's why he comes after you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Be on guard. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. So we got to stay away from tempting situations and associations. There are certain places. Don't go there. You already know what happens when you get triggered. Like, like, like if your connection used to be at Bob's Burger, guess what? Don't go to Bob's Burger anymore. Wouldn't that be a drag? I can't go to Bob's Burger anymore. Why? Because I'm like, hey, I'll messed up and I get my collecta there and I don't just get hot dog with chili and cheese on it. I get a little cocaine on it too. <clears throat> Are you with me? So stay away from there. 
Stay away from there. Stay away from the place that, uh, yeah, I, I can't go to that bank anymore. I have to go to a different bank because every time I go there, there's a teller there that she flirts with me, and now I started flirting with her, and now we're all flirting. Hello, hello, hi, hi. I'd like to make a withdrawal. I'd like to take you. You know, it's like, no. Yeah, in other words, you've got to stay. Okay, so, so there's some people you need to stay away from. And you already know, God already told you, break that friendship. And, and they're good friends, and you're like, I don't want to break them. Either get them saved, and you get right, and you guys get, grow up and start acting like men and women of God. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good character. It, it, you get messed up. In 1 Corinthians 6, 18, run from sexual sin. Not run to it, run from it. From it. Because it messes you up. Run from money or the love of money. In 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10, it says, for people who long to be rich, man, you don't have to be rich to say, oh, I wish I was rich, I wish I was rich. Oh, Powerball, come on, Powerball. Oh, come on, come on, lucky seven, lucky seven, come on, come on, come on, casino, casino. In Spanish, the word casino means hardly ever. Did you win? Casino, casino, casino. How'd you do, casino? I, I, I. Says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. Bring in the sixth thing. If we're going to grow, form ongoing support groups for you. Who's your support group? I love what Courtney said. Oh, I hate to say what I have to say, but you know what? Oh, I have to call people I don't really want to talk to sometimes. Why? Because they're going to tell you stuff you need to know. Text somebody. Get a hold of somebody. Get a hold of somebody. Well, I tried. They, they weren't there. I tried a support group. I didn't like it. That's okay. They didn't like you either. Go anyway. <laughs> I'm joking. Now you're getting, I, I knew they, no, calm down. <laughs> Find a group that finally you fit. And I don't mean a, a, a messed up one. I mean a, a support group that encourages and prays for you and ministers to you and helps you. Look, I drive a motorcycle, okay? I've driven motorcycles since I was 18, and, 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 and I, I got a Harley Davidson. And when you go in a Harley, that's like a whole different world. And so I used to have, they, people would go, hey, dude, do you have a Harley? And I go, no, I have a Hardly. They go, Hardly? I go, yeah, my motorcycle's hardly a Harley. <laughs> I had Kawasaki's and Yamaha, but then when I got a... a, a, a Harley, I'm cruising down one time, and all of a sudden, people would on a, on another Harley would put their hand down low in a peace sign. Orale. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, wonder was he doing that to me? And then the next time, so I'm like a little kid. Hi. <laughs> okay, I really wasn't that nerdy, but pretty close. Okay, pretty close. And then I finally learned, oh, low and slow. Orale. And I have a cruising bike, so it's, yeah, me and my wife, me and my, my biker chick. Cindy, get on the back, babe. Here we go for a ride. 
put your fingers down low and slow because we're part of a community. But see, all kidding aside, Harley people, any of you that have a Harley, you already know what I'm talking about because there's something about us that it's like, hey, you got a Harley, I got a Harley, man. We, got it. we cover each other's back. So, man, you could be all gangstered out. You could be all crazy gangster, and, and you could be an executive, and you show up at a gas station to gas up, and they're both going, what's up, man? What's up? I like your ride. Yes, I like your bike. You know, <laughs> they talk different languages, but they're still connected. Build a connection. Build a network of people that are going to cheer you on and encourage you and make sure you cross the finish line. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.10, and he did rescue us. He's talking about God from mortal danger. And he will. First, he did rescue us. He will rescue us again. And then he says, and he will continue to rescue us. So he's saying, God is there, man. Find your network of people to carry you through that are going to say, come on, dude, you could do it. You could do it. You're doing it great. Babe, you're doing it great. Hun, you're doing it great. Oh, man, you're doing awesome. You're doing awesome. And the final thing I want to say is follow Christ to the finish line. Cross the goal, guys. Let's finish well. I know that's what I want to do. I want to be able to take my last breath and say, Lord, I loved you, and I hope I blessed you with my life. And then, whoom, dun, dun, I'm dead. Wouldn't that be an awesome way to die? Your last words to your loved ones, I love you all in God. I love you. I'm here, ready. Dun, dun. Here's not. The sun's over. Philippians 1.6. For I am certain that God, that God, who created, who began, who started a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished. Listen to me. Some of you don't even have, you're not in the race. You're not a Christian. Guys, I know I emphasize that over and over, but I don't want you to go to hell. And I also want you to start living in heaven here on earth. I'm telling you, I still have struggles. I have problems, but I'm telling you, I have the Lord that sees me through. And I'm telling you, my life has never been happier, drug and alcohol free. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered, you've never prayed to receive him, and you want to do that right now, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Man, that's me. I, I want to do that. Who wants to do that today? Anybody here? Yeah? Praise God. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Anyone else? Look. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, I can't always see because of the, these lights. But you know what? Man, that's exciting. So those of you that raised your hand, stand up real quick because we're going to pray with you and for you. So those of you that raised your hand, stand up real quick. Okay? Praise God. This is an exciting time, an exciting time, an exciting time. Church, would you pray with them? Say, Heavenly Father, today I realize how much I need a Savior. Lord, I need you. Forgive me of my life, everything I've done wrong, and give me a new life to start all over. 
and be born again. So from this day forward, I accept Jesus Christ and I want to live for you. In Christ's name, amen. Man, those of you that just stood up, come here real quick, real quick. Come over here real quick. We got a Bible for you and some stuff. Those of you that stood up, come here real quick, guys. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything. Look. You're so thrilled. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm so happy for you. Look, this is Pastor Eddie, the guy with the white hair. That's Pastor Eddie. He's got a Bible for you. Yeah, I know this young man. How are you? Mijo, God bless you. Mijita, praise the Lord. Oh my gosh, look at these kiddos. How are you? Love you, sis. God bless you, young man. Guys, that's Pastor Eddie. He's got a Bible. He's got some reading material to help you start growing. Just go with him right there. It's going to be awesome. Hey, love you, Dad. So we need to start growing. Lord, this is it. You, just you and me. This isn't about all of us in this room. It's just you and me. Not everyone online, just you and me. And we're going to make a decision today. We're going to decide to start growing. We're going to take the steps that we need to set some time aside to to really get honest with you and get real. Lord, we're going to make it. We're going to live a new life. And we thank you that you've offered that to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, listen. (coughs) We we have a a, a small gathering right now. For those of you that have never met me face-to-face, I'd like to invite you right through that door. Follow me over there because we're going to have a thing called Meet the Pastor. And I get to meet you. You get to meet me. And we get to talk for a little bit. It won't take real long. But if you've never done that, I hope to invite you to join me. If not, you're dismissed to go transform Albuquerque. I love you, church. God bless you.